0: It's showtime! time. Hurry, hurry, step right up. Introducing the star of our show. His name is Wicked. Wicked. So without
1: further ado, I bring to you Wicked, 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 Wicked. get down to business. I don't gotta, gotta play around with this.
2: This is Wickets World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. We get all three seasons this weekend here in the Des Moines area. If you're driving around listening to us on 1021 FM and 1350, we get summer today, high 85. Tomorrow, our high is like 66 with a little bit of rain, and then on Sunday, we could see snow. (laughs) So, what a weekend it is, right? Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Coming up, OBJ, the big news in the National Football League this week is that Odell Beckham Jr. lands with Baltimore. What does that mean for Lamar and why the big losers in all of this is uh, probably the Jets fan that you know. We'll get to that coming up, but I do want to go down to Kansas City. We are in uh, the two-week window now before the NFL draft. I have become addicted to doing mock drafts. I, I am what I hate. I have become the person that I do not like, and that is... Not only doing mock drafts, but posting my stupid mock drafts. Because no one has any idea what's going to happen when the NFL draft kicks off less than two weeks from now in Kansas City. And joining us right now from ArrowheadReport.com, Mark Van Sickle down in the City of Fountains. It is Fountain Day in Kansas City. It is a big celebration where they turn on all the fountains in Kansas City. Mark, I mean, the, the excitement about the fountains has to just be billowing out throughout all parts of Kansas City and the Metro.
3: Oh man, Fountain Day! They have them blue for the Royals, but that's going to last like one day before they go back to Chiefs red because because it is going to take over with the NFL draft. And and by the way, Midwest weather is
2: always crazy. Oh, I, I will say, I spent four years living in Kansas City uh, before coming up here to the Des Moines area, and uh, now I live in West Des Moines. I the every every city in the Midwest lives by the if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes when it is never. I don't it, sorry, Des Moines, Kansas City wins that. I I can honestly say my time in Kansas city, it was never more wait I mean, I experienced all four seasons in day, like single days before down in Kansas city. So it's, it's wild up here for a little bit. It can be all kinds of different weather down there in Kansas city. Enough about the weather, Mark. Let's get to, uh, let's get to the world champs. Let's talk about the Kansas city chiefs who have the last pick in the first round. Um, What do they need? What are they looking at? What are the, the hot, positions of interest for Kansas City.
3: Yeah, it's one of those uh weird situations where the Chiefs can actually maybe pick the best available player. Uh you know, they I've seen some mock drafts you're talking about mock drafts. I love mock drafts. I know we're dorks though. <laughs> like none,
2: none of it matters and I keep winding up with the same thing for my Packers. Yeah, yeah. So I you
3: you could go offensive line here. You could go offensive tackle Uh, The Chiefs could use an upgrade, maybe at right tackle. They've got their left tackle with uh, Jawan Harris, their new guy they picked up from the Jaguars. But, uh, yeah, they could go offensive tackle, maybe right tackle. Uh, I know a lot of Chiefs fans want to see him get a wide receiver in the first round because that's something that they haven't done uh, with Brett Veach yet. And uh, wide receiver, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes, like we saw last year, he can be the MVP with, uh, I wouldn't say scrubs, but they aren't, they aren't scrubs. But you, you can get a guy that's not uh, a top-tier pick and still be just fine and win a Super Bowl without that. So some Chiefs fans want wide receiver. I don't know if they're going to go that route or not. You could go defensive line, defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to do. They're in a good spot where they don't have a ton of needs. So that that's always good for Brett Beach going into it.
2: Talking with uh, Mark Van Sickle, read his fine work about the Kansas City Chiefs, arrowheadreport.com. You mentioned the wide receiver thing. They lose Juju. I don't know if losing Juju Smith Schuster is a massive blow to the wide receiving core, but to this wide receiving core, it seems like that's a big hole to fill. I don't. I know there's some rumors about DeAndre Hopkins. They just signed some scrub today to a two-year deal, which was like supposed to get everybody all excited. But Justin Watson. Justin Watson. No, nope. I mean, Justin Watson could walk into the studio right now wearing a Justin Watson jersey, and I wouldn't have any idea who he was. <laughs> but what is the plan to fill the void uh, left by Juju Smith-Schuster, who's now a Patriot?
3: Yeah, I think that they're going to go more to Sky Moore this year. He was their second-round pick last year. I think he's a guy that can pick up on that slot receiver role. Also, the addition of Kadarius Toney in the middle of the season last year was big. I know he's uh, always an injury concern so far early in his NFL career, but he's a playmaker when he's able to be healthy. We saw it in the Super Bowl. He had that big punt return, had a touchdown as well. So I think that they have two guys on the roster that can fill a little bit of that void, but I do think they're going to either have to draft one or if if they can add DeAndre Hopkins, that would be quite sweet to have with uh, Patrick Mahomes
2: as well. Is that realistically a possibility? When you when you talk to your insiders and your moles and your little birdies, is DeAndre Hopkins realistically a possibility?
3: I don't think that they would trade for De- DeAndre Hopkins, but if they if the, the Cardinals cut him, which I hear is a possibility, that Ooh. is Ooh. I I, I wow. would see I could see the Chiefs jumping in on that as long as he's not going to take OBJ money which is, you know, the outrageous $15 million guaranteed. I don't think that that's what Hopkins is going to get. If they can get him on maybe an 8 or $10 million, I think they'd be jumping all over that. But it just depends on what he wants. I mean, he might take less to come to Kansas City since he's never won a ring.
2: Talking to Mark Van Sickle, joining us from Kansas City. Read his fine work, arrowheadreport.com. We'll get to the city hosting the NFL draft, coming up here in a bit. What kind of cap space do the Chiefs have right now?
3: The Chiefs are about, they have about $10 million left, so they, they, they're they going to have to sign their draft picks, and on top of that, you know, they, they're going to have, they have wiggle room, Like like all NFL teams, they can maneuver the cap if they want to, so if they want to sign a Hopkins, they could do that, but they, they do have a little bit less to work with than what you'd want.
2: I know this is not a question that anybody ever wants to to talk about in Kansas City right now, but... Travis Kelsey is not a young guy. Now, he's still playing at an elite level, but we know how quickly things can fall off for elite-level players. Is there any conversation going on about finding a replacement for Kelsey in this draft? Maybe not in round one or even round two, but in round three or four, because this is a very deep, tight-end draft.
3: Yeah, I've seen, uh, even in a couple of my mock drafts that I've done, you can go to airheadreport.com, see a few that I've done up there uh shoonmaker for michigan i know you're a michigan guy mike Uh, yeah he's a guy that i've been seeing going the fourth round of the chiefs i think that'd be a fine pick i know he's uh right now better blocker than receiver but i think he could be a guy that steps in and learns under kelsey for a year or two they also have noah gray who's more of a receiving tight end who doesn't get a ton of run right now because obviously travis kelsey one of the greatest tight ends of all time is there in front of him. But I think they have a couple options there. Um, I do think that they might look at a tight end in the middle rounds. Uh, and Shoemaker might be a good pick.
2: If there is ever a draft to do it, this is the draft. I've never seen a tight end draft like this. You got the kid from Notre Dame. You got the kid from uh, Georgia, who I think is going to be the absolute stud of the class. You got the kid from mm-hmm. Utah and Kincaid. There's small school tight ends. or I mean, You got the kid from Michigan, like you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I'm here in, in Iowa. We got a prospect here that I think is a fine option somewhere in that second, third round, fourth round as well. Like, this draft, and I know you're a, you're a drafter like I am, Mark. Mm-hmm. This draft is loaded top to bottom. Who's the stud, do you think, to come out of this draft when we're looking back three, four years from now saying that was the draft's Travis Kelsey? I
3: think, is it Laporta from Iowa? Is yep. that who I'm thinking yep. of? Sam. Man, I, I really like Laporta, and you look at... It's tight end university there in Iowa, really. yes. You go back and look at all the tight ends that come out of there, and people have been telling me that he's kind of like a Dallas Clark type tight end, and if that's the case, he did really well with Manning and Indianapolis for several years. So I think Laporta could be a guy that you look back in five years and like, man, how did we let that guy go past us in the draft? Or if you're the team that drafts him, hey, we made the right call with that pick.
2: (laughs) Talking to Mark Van Sickle, ArrowheadReport.com. You know, over the last 4 or 5 years, it's been interesting to watch cuz Mahomes gets all of the attention. And the only time we ever talk about the Chiefs defense is when it sucks, which is usually the first month or two of the season because they have so many new pieces, so many young guys, so many rookies that get a lot of playing time. I think I I heard last year eight players from the from the eight first-year players, rookies, played significant minutes in playoff games and the Super Bowl last year, which was absolutely unheard of. Honey Badger a year ago, Frank Clark done. How's this defense going to shape together?
3: Yeah, I think they're going to keep going young. Uh, They got George Karloftis in the first round last year. They got Trent McDuffie, cornerback, in the first round. I think they're going to keep going young. They got to get younger at defensive line. Like you said, Frank Clark's out of there. Chris Jones, it's rumored that he's going to get an extension from the Chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles in the league, so you want to keep him around. But as you've seen with the Chiefs before, they, they've they been known to let some of their top tier players walk. Like you said, Tyron Matthew. You see, uh, they trade Tyree Hill. So Kareem I want to keep, too, Chris, yeah, Kareem Kareem Hunt, yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things where you want Chris Jones to get the extension, but at the same time, you got to start drafting guys knowing that he's not going to be around forever. So I think they're going to go heavy early in the draft. It seems like Brett beach in his time as general manager likes to go draft heavy defense early in the draft. I, I I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I think it's like 17 of 21 picks in the first three rounds have been defense for the chiefs since he's been general manager. So I, I expect them to go heavy on defense again this year, but Again, it's one of those drafts where it can go any which way for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, if they're sitting there at 31, I mean, I don't think outside a quarterback, I think you literally just say best player available. I mean, they they could use help all over. Last one on the current team, and then I want to get to the city hosting the NFL draft here, Mark. Uh, but the running back spot, getting back over on the offensive side of the ball real quick here is it's now Isaiah Pacheco's job, right? He's the lead alpha dog. No more of this committee stuff, right?
3: yeah, it's Pacheco, and uh, everybody still wants Jarek McKinnon to sign back. Uh, that's he's stepped up for the Chiefs the last couple of years, which people were kind of surprised about because of his injury history, but he's been able to play that role of, you know, getting five to eight touches a game, which is good for him. and he he really uh, takes that role and takes off with it. He got several touchdowns last year for the Chiefs. And Clyde edwards uh, he just hasn't lived up to that first round billing. So. Not even
2: the first round billing. The uh, first game, the one game uh, against Houston. That first game, we're like, man, it was incredible. This guy's <laughs> gonna be great, and he has not lived up to one game. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it, I mean, it is sad. You you hate
3: seeing that happen to a guy like that. He wasn't even on the active roster for the Super Bowl, even though he was healthy. So I thought they might have. Uh, traded him or even cut him before the season started this year. And there's a chance for that. I mean, if if they draft the running back late like they did last year, there's a chance that Clyde's not on the team next year. But I, I do think it's Pacheco and then everybody else. So we'll see what they do with that.
2: Talking to Mark Van Sickle. He's down in Kansas City. Writes for ArrowheadReport.com. I'm Mike Wickett here on ESPN Des Moines. Mark, uh, the city is hosting the Super Bowl on steroids. Um, I, I, I really... I I am so excited because I will be down there. My birthday is next week. My wife's gift to me is letting me get away from the kids for two days and go drink with my buddies at the draft. So I will be in and around Kansas City while I am down there. I hope to see you. But it'll be a a sea of people. How is this going to set up where they're talking about two, three, 350,000 people descending upon Kansas City?
3: Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. We have the new airport, of course, mm-hmm. here in Kansas City, just opened up a couple of months ago, and so far, so good with that. Everybody really likes it. It's pretty easy to get in and out of. I know people coming down from Iowa. You're probably going to be making an easy drive, but uh, you know, for for the rest of the city, getting in and out, it's just uh, it's going to be a little bit congested around there downtown. No doubt about that. But uh, just just the fact that Kansas city's had events like we've had the super bowl parades. We had the world series parade in 2015. So we've had that many people downtown and they've been able to handle it pretty well without any major incidents. The police do a great job around here. And I think that it's going to go off well. And from the looks of it, there is going to be a lot of people down there, but they have the world war uh, one museum set up so that you, you can be out there, have a good time with the NFL experience You can be far enough away from the stage where you can do the activities, but then you can get a little bit closer. And I think it's just going to be a great event. I think it's going to showcase the city well, and I think that they're going to do a great job with it.
2: You know, I got to contact your mayor. I got to call Quentin Lucas because that guy owes me a favor. Because I want to announce (laughs) the Packers pick. I would like to figure out a way to get on stage in all of my, my, my green and gold gear that I'll be donning head to toe while I'm down there for two days, including my Christian Watson jersey and hopefully my Jordan Love jersey, which may get here by my birthday. I don't know yet. Ooh. But, like, are, are there – what kind of stuff are people going to be able to do in and around the draft? Because the draft starts at, like, 6 or 7 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know people are going to be down there, like, Wednesday night, Thursday morning.
3: Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, they, they're going to have the NFL experience set up over there with the uh, all, all the different. Uh, I think it's they said something about a football field set up, so you can do all these different activities. It's going to be family friendly and stuff like that. So you're going to have that going on. The street car is going to be running from early until late. I think it's going to be open till two a.m. now, weekend of the draft. So for those of you who are going to be downtown maybe going to some bars afterwards. You said you're going to be celebrating your birthday. Mike. You could hop on the streetcar, yeah. go up, up the road to power and light. So there is going to be that. So that's
2: I, might be, I fun. might be too old to go to power and light that night, man. <laughs> I, 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 When I moved away from Kansas City, I think I was just on that cusp of, you're a little too old to be a power and light at night.
3: You're never too old to be going to power.
2: Now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun, though. There's going to be a lot of activities down there for everybody.
2: And I know that uh, if you've never been to Kansas City, at the bottom of the hill is Union Station, where the draft is going to be held. It's going to be the biggest production, the most screens, the biggest screens that they've ever had for the NFL draft. And then up the hill is the World War One Museum. And then in that parking lot is going to be all of the experience stuff. Um, it's free to go but you have to do you have to get something downloaded on an app right
3: yeah you got to get the NFL app i i got it on my phone but i haven't used it yet i haven't i haven't logged in or anything like that but it sh- apparently it is easy to use you just have to have it so that they kind of know the amount of people that are going to be coming in so that they can kind of you know prepare for what's going to be taking place with the amount of people going to be down there downtown
2: i've got my one pass downloaded i i mean when it, it first is. got announced i actually uh Kansas City's anchorman Chris Ketz put out all the information several weeks ago uh, from the local TV station, there, KMBC. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll see you down there, Mark. I will see you down there. I'm coming. I'm skipping out on work next Thursday or two Thursdays from now. So the draft is here. Enjoy all the mock drafts. Thank you for coming on, man. Continued success.
3: Thanks for having me. Definitely text me. Let me know. We'll meet up.
2: Mark Van Sickle, ArrowheadReport.com. Follow him on Twitter at MarkTheOverseer. The draft is 13 days away. I'll be down there. going to skip work, which means I'm going to sleep in hopefully until 7, which would be amazing. I normally do the morning show over on Laser, but I'm taking two days off. I'm going to sleep in until 8 and then head on down there. Kira, Leah's already told me I do not want to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, right. Wife, my wife wants nothing to do with this weekend, me, and in, uh, down in Kansas City. But it is going to be a lot of fun. And again, if you have ever been to Kansas City or if you've never been to Kansas City, just picture a giant train station with a big parking lot. ESPN's going to have this huge stage, just like when you watch the NFL draft when it was in New York or Nashville or Philly or whatever. And it's going to have the ramps and everything like that. The NFL Network will have a setup. The ESPN crew will have their setup. And then there's going to be the NFL fan experience at the top of the hill where the World War I Museum is. I don't know if the World War I Museum is going to be open those three days. I would imagine it's not. But if you ever get to go to Kansas City, not on NFL Draft Weekend, go to the World War I Museum. It is an absolute gem of a museum that I didn't even know was in Kansas City until I moved down there back in 2015. I've been there several times. It is If you're a history buff, if you like military history, America's history, at World War I history, it's phenomenal.
0: Uh, I think the National Jazz Museum is there, it too. It
2: is. Jazz Museum and the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame is there as well. The Negro League Museum is there. Wow. There's a lot to do in Kansas City. I mean, and now they built this new airport that Mark mentioned. It's a single terminal as opposed to the country's worst airport that they used to have. It was a dark dungeon and it made no sense. It wasn't even compliant the day after it was built in the 70s like a terrorist attack occurred in this country, and therefore it was no longer compliant with the new rules that went in effect. So for like 40 years, up this is pre-9-11, for like 40 years, the Kansas City airport was not at the level of safety it needed to be. It was not compliant. And now this new one is there. So they got the World Cup coming in a couple of weeks. They got the, or a couple of years, I should say. They got the, uh, the NFL draft happening in 13 days. Like Kansas City's, you know, themselves on the map did you hear the flex from mark by the way you know we hosted super bowl parades we hosted the world series parade you hear that whatever mark all right coming up big news in the nfl this week one of the big wide receiver dominoes falls what does it mean for lamar jackson to have obj in his corner you'll hear from uh, obj next Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening
1: to 1021 FM and 1350
2: ESPN
1: Des Moines. 1021
0: FM and
2: 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. Thanks for checking out Wicket's World here on a Friday. Coming up, uh, a strange twist in the Aaron Rodgers saga. We'll get to that. Don't forget, coming up tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday, Cubs and Dodgers from Chavez Ravine out in Los Angeles. We'll have all three games right here on ESPN Des Moines. First pitch tonight's like nine o'clock because they're out west. And then I think it's a day game tomorrow and a day game on Sunday, so more manageable time. And then on Sunday, we'll have Sunday Night Baseball. Padres are playing somebody. And then next week, I think we have three NBA games. So it's like every day we'll have baseball or basketball for you. You want live sports, we got it. Always have live sports for you here on ESPN Des Moines. Thanks again to Mark Van Sickle for joining me from ArrowheadReport.com. If you missed it, you want to talk Chiefs, uh, you can do it. uh, You can listen to that conversation. We'll podcast it after the show, ESPNDes Moines.com. And Kira asked me, If I was going to when I go to the draft, since it's legal in the state of Missouri, am I going to ingest anything, any any green leafy substance while I am down there? And my answer is no, Um, because I want to enjoy the draft and be active during the draft. And if I. Maybe from experience, if I ever put any of that in my body, I'm pretty much incapacitated.
0: But how many white claws are you going to drink? All of
2: them. All of them. All right. Now that's a different question. All right. I don't know if White Claw sponsoring the event because Bud Light sponsors the event. It's like the draft is presented by.
0: I bet Anheuser-Busch secretly owns White Claw. <laughs>
2: probably. Uh, but no, I, I probably will not, ing- at least during the time of the draft. You know, because I just, I, it's just not my thing. I've tried it. I've done it a lot, but it's just not my favorite thing when I'm trying to like, woohoo, party it up, hang out with my buddies that I'm down there. I haven't seen a lot of friends since we had kids. So that'll be, that'll be fun, but no, probably not too much of that. Although you can go across the now. See, it's funny. Like in Kansas city, it's on the border to Kansas, right? It's Missouri and Kansas right there. So you'll have the people who want to bet on sports because it's legal in Kansas. They'll drive across the border and go place their bets Uh, The casinos there and the sports books on that side. I don't don't know if you can do it with uh, an app down there. It's geofenced. You can't do it on the Missouri side. But then you'll see the people who want to go buy pot over. (laughs) They'll drive across the border. They'll just pass each other like ships in the night. One going to gamble and one going to buy the weed. And then they'll just come back across. And not that I would promote possessing marijuana in a state where it is not legal to possess it. But people are going to do that. (laughs) There are going to be a lot of people that are going to do that, that are going back to Kansas.
0: And this is how we know wickets on NARC.
2: Uh, I'm not going to call anybody out. I just know my buddy John and his wife. Never mind. Um, What's up, guys? (laughs) One of the big off-season question marks for a lot of teams. Now, there was no – unless memory is serving me wrong – There has been no, like, free agency this year was kind of big, but it wasn't massive big in terms of wide receivers. Unless I'm just forgetting a name off the top of my head, and I can't think of one. Like, last year, you knew Devontae Adams was going to get signed, and he was going to get traded by Green Bay, and it wound up with the Raiders. Nobody was shocked by that. This year, the two names that everybody was talking about it was DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. And as we wait on D-Hop in Arizona, you look at Odell Beckham Jr. situation and you thought to yourself, no matter what team you root for, boy, it would be nice to have OBJ on my team. Now, Odell Beckham Jr., last time we saw him, he blew out his knee in the Super Bowl, but he caught a touchdown in that game. He had a great second half of the year for the Rams. And as we, we learned after he hurt himself in the Super Bowl when the Rams did win a ring, we found out that he had actually never fully healed from the previous ACL injury. So he sits out all of last year. A couple of days ago, he signs with Baltimore. One year, $15 million. Could be worth up to $18 million. We're not sure. Uh, And he is going to be the primary weapon in the passing game, not named Mark Andrews, for whoever is the quarterback in Baltimore. And Odell Beckham Jr. was talking to the media. What I love so much about this, if you watch... OBJ's baby is right there, too. And you get to hear Odell Beckham's kid cry a little bit when he tells you how ready he is to play for the Ravens.
1: I'm just excited. You know, I'm excited, but I'm also, like, very determined and hungry. So I don't know if, you know, through the smiles, there's still, like, that eye that I really want this badly. Like, I'm I'm ready to be great, ready to be excellent again. I'm just ready for that
2: opportunity. You just hear the baby crying there. It's great. They take the photo, like... I think it's with his wife holding up the Jersey and he's got the baby on his shoulder and the Ravens hat. I think his dad's there. So it, it's, it's pretty awesome uh, to see. Now the question on everybody's mind is why in the world would he pick Baltimore? And he can tell you he's got the want to win. He's got the desire to win. The real answer is money. The real answer is money. That's why you take it. No one's going to pay a banged up 30 year old wide receiver up to $18 million to come play for your team, unless you're desperate like the Ravens. Now, there was much more in the $18 million that they're going to be paying him potentially after incentives. I think it's 15 base. There's much more built into that, all right? It's not just, well, Odell Beckham Jr. can catch the ball for us and get in the end zone. He has a bond, a friendship with Lamar Jackson, who Baltimore is desperately trying to get, to come back and play and, and be the, the MVP that he was a couple of years ago. So OBJ was asked, have you talked to Lamar?
1: I've talked to Lamar while he was out there, and I know um, that's a better discussion for these two as far as how that's going get handled. The goal was you know, to come here and, and have that possibility to play with him, and uh, I'm excited about that opportunity. As far as the team, uh, i just ready to bring leadership, ready to bring uh, – I've been out for a long time. I had to sit there and watch everyone else play. And I'm just excited to get back on the field, you know, and it's good to be where you're wanted. Um, and, you know, like we said, we've had communication since last October and, you know, you guys showed me that you wanted me to be here and that I was going to be a very big piece uh, to this organization. So I'm definitely excited about that.
2: I can't blame Lamar Jackson for wanting out. If Lamar wants his $250 million guaranteed, Lamar wants his 250 guaranteed. They're... They, they, franchised him. He hasn't signed his franchise tag deal yet. So he could still hold out, but he's probably going to play on the franchise tag. If he goes back to Baltimore, he said, I want to be traded. Remember that was big breaking news was not breaking news, but everyone was just shocked by it. Lamar Jackson wants to be traded. Everybody knew Lamar Jackson wanted to be traded. We just found out about it a little late, but nobody wants to give up three first round picks and has the ability to pay him $250 million guaranteed over the next five years. I mean, that, there's a lot more than just saying, I want you to sign Odell Beckham. There's a lot more than, that goes into this than just saying, I want you to sign Lamar Jackson to my team. You have to be willing to franchise this. I mean, sorry, you have to be willing to give up a lot of draft equity and hold your team back from getting better with major impact pieces in the first round. You're talking about a minimum of three first-round picks you would have to give up for the Ravens to say, "All right, we'll trade you Lamar Jackson." Three first-round picks. Think about that. And you have to have a ton of space, and cap space is not really always what it's cracked up to be. And we talked to Mark Van Sickle from ArrowheadReport.com a little while ago, and you know he he mentioned if teams really need to massage the cap, they can. I've always said the cap's not real. It's, it's not. It just depends how further down the road you want to kick it, like you're the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. So Lamar probably, this is the way I, I think it went down. Lamar wants to get traded. Nobody wants to give up three picks and has a quarter billion dollars to give him guaranteed. So what's the next best thing? Lamar gets on the phone with Odell Beckham Jr. and says, OBJ, sign with Baltimore. Let's do this. And that is exactly what I believe is going to happen. I believe now Lamar is going to go back and play for the Ravens. Now that he's got his number one wide receiver, his buddy, his friend, his boy in OBJ. Now at the press conference, Odell Beckham Jr. was asked about the uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson. We'll get to that coming up. Plus, you're going to hear from John Harbaugh, also Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta. And the biggest loser in all of this happens to be my favorite football team Well, the team that my team is trying to make a trade with. The biggest loser in all of this is probably the Jets. And I'll explain why coming up next.
3: Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and
2: watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Coming up tonight, Cubs and Dodgers. Game one of a three-game series out at Chavez Ravine. 9.05 first pitch-ish. Does that sound about right, Kira? Maybe? Sure. It's 9 o'clock-ish. I probably will be asleep. (laughs) I don't stay up late anymore. Uh, I will get to how my Green Bay Packers are the biggest winner in this Odell Beckham story, in just a moment, and a twist in the Aaron Rodgers story, but OBJ signs with the uh, the Ravens, one year deal, fifteen million, could be worth up to eighteen million dollars. Uh, and one of the questions on everybody's mind is who's going to be throwing him the football now? If you believe it was going to be Tyler Huntley, I have some oceanfront property in West Des Moines, Iowa, to sell you. All right, it was not going to be Tyler Huntley. Was there a chance they draft a quarterback? They said it's tw- at twenty-two. In this NFL draft, maybe. I don't know who's going to be there at 22. You know that Stroud's gone. Bryce Young is probably gone. Uh, Will Levis might be gone. If you think that Anthony Richardson was the answer, he's probably gone by 22. So you'd be looking at a guy like Hendon Hooker, who's coming off the ACL injury, and Hendon Hooker is 25 years old. I don't think there's anybody else in this draft class you'd be looking at if you're the Ravens saying that's what we're going to do at 22. And they only have five picks in this draft anyway. So the Ravens don't have a ton of capital to move up if they were to you know, fall in love with somebody like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. And I don't know if you're going to kick either of those top two teams out of the top of the draft regardless. So the uncertainty is sort of there. But again, if you're just joining us, I believe, that Lamar Jackson put his chips in the middle and everybody in the NFL said, nope, we're not going to trade for you. We don't want to give up three first round picks and we don't want to pay you $250 million guaranteed. Now you can call that collusion. You can call that smart business. You can call that teams weighing who Lamar Jackson is at this point in his career. He's three seasons removed from the MVP year, but in the last two seasons, he has missed a third of the games. So, With all those things weighing against Lamar, my guess is he hears general manager Eric DaCosta say, we love Lamar, we want him back. He hears John Harbaugh say, we love Lamar, we want him back. And maybe he realizes that perhaps, perhaps Baltimore isn't such a bad place for him to play, at least for one year on the franchise tag. So he calls up Odell Beckham Jr. and says, OBJ, if you sign with Baltimore, I'll come back because he doesn't have another viable wide receiver option. Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy. Mark Andrews is a tight end, a stellar tight end. But there's no great wide receiver help after they traded Hollywood Brown a year ago to the Arizona Cardinals. So when Beckham met the media earlier this week, he was asked about, you know, does the uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson bother you? I
1: mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, the, everything was uncertain. Like I say, life's uncertain. Obviously, I would assume that it's going to work out, that faith and that hope. Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know, you know <laughs> I would love to, to love to get to work with you. I'll, I'll talk to these guys over here and, uh, you know, hopefully that gets done. You know, I, I think, think about the Ravens. You definitely think about Lamar and I know that that's something, you know, I was excited about that possibility and life's not certain.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you right now, after this Odell Beckham, before OBJ signed with, with Baltimore, I thought, 25 percent chance Lamar comes back, 50 percent chance Lamar comes back. I'm much closer to 75, 85 percent Lamar plays with the Baltimore Ravens. And, and now you have, if Beckham can play Now Beckham, by the way, is 30 going to be 31 before the season starts. And he's coming off an ACL injury. Like, we're not talking about 25-year-old, the one-handed catch, Odell Beckham Jr. I still think he can play. I wanted him in Green Bay the year uh, that he wound up with the Rams. I was kind of flirting with the idea of wanting him in Green Bay this year. But he goes to Baltimore. And his head coach, John Harbaugh, told the media that, look, the number one reason that we got the deal done was because Odell Beckham Jr. was honest.
1: That's what struck me more than anything was just his honesty. Very much an open book in terms of what he was thinking, what he wanted to do, where he was going. Really not trying to sell anything or talk about anything other than this is really where I'm at. This is what I'm thinking, asking where we were at. Just those conversations and kind of culminating in Phoenix when we had a chance to be face-to-face, just kind of connecting that way. But it was real easy, normal, natural, and I just was struck by his straightforwardness and honesty.
2: Here's the real truth. If you're an NFL team and you're, interested in Odell Beckham and you contact his agent and you're like, OBJ, what's it going to take to sign you stadium climate quarterback? Odell Beckham's honest answer is money. All right. What's it, do, do you do you need to, uh, do you need to have a good, uh, facility. What about the division? Does that matter? Do you need warm weather? OBJ be like money. That's the honest part. Don't listen to John Harbaugh. All right. The honest answer is nobody else was going to give Odell Beckham $15 million guaranteed with the possibility to make $18 million. And nobody was going to do that besides Baltimore. And he got what he wanted. He got paid. And now it looks like he's going to get to play with Lamar Jackson at, at the quarterback. You know, Baltimore's general manager, Eric DaCosta, he didn't lie. He said, this is the guy that we wanted. We wanted Odell Beckham Jr. to be our wide receiver here in Baltimore. This is a player that we've played against many times. And, um, you know, that's what we do for a living. We talk to people. We evaluate
3: the player. We have a lot of information. Where we are as a team right now, this was the guy that we felt could help take us to the next level. We saw him. His last game that he played in, quite honestly, he was probably the best player on the field. We've had lots of players come back from this type of injury and flourish over time.
2: I don't know if he was the best player on the field. He played half a game, and Cooper Cup is still on that field. And uh, Cincinnati had some fair wide receivers in that game, but what, I get what he's going to say. He's not going to dog the guy that he just signed to a $15 million deal. I mean, OBJ is a good player, real good player. I, I think he's still a real good player at this stage in his career, and hopefully, if you're a Ravens fan, he can play well at this stage in his career. But don't don't let anybody tell you. Look, if the Ravens offered 12 million and the Browns for whatever offered 15, million, well maybe not Cleveland, bad example. If the Steelers offered 15, he'd be in Pittsburgh. All right. If the Lions offered 16, he'd be in Detroit. He doesn't have many years left to cash in. And good for Beckham, all right? Good for OBJ to get the money that that he wants. And then this happened today. This came out today from Ian Rapaport, one of the best NFL insiders out there. Rap Sheet said that Lamar, just like I told you, Lamar had a hand in getting Odell Beckham Jr. into a Ravens uniform. You know, I
3: took note of the fact that as soon as it became clear that Odell Beckham Jr. would go to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson posted Instagram and was like, I was involved. Here's our FaceTime. He did recruit OBJ to the Ravens. So it's not totally separate. I mean, the Lamar deal is separate, but the situation, there was some intersection. Those two are friends. They're hanging out and partying in Miami together. So there is certainly a connection there, and I think this is all positive for the Ravens.
2: I'm telling you, this is how it happened. Lamar put his chips in the middle. Lamar didn't get a trade offer like he thought he was going to get, whether you believe it was collusion or not. He's hanging out with his buddy, and he says to Odell Beckham, come play in Baltimore. And guess what? Beckham's in Baltimore, and I will not be surprised by the time before we get to, you know, after OTAs, he's not going to go to OTAs. But by the time we get to, like, mid-July or into beginning of August, And training camp opens for the Ravens. I'm telling you right now, Lamar's going to be back because he's got his guy now to throw the ball his way. The big winner in all of this is not Beckham or Lamar. The big winner in all of this is the Green Bay Packers. And the big loser in all of this is the New York Jets. I'll tell you why next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Cubs and Dodgers. Game one tonight around 9 o'clock. Game two tomorrow. Game three on Sunday. We'll have some sprinkled in NBA playoff action for you as well next week. Right here on ESPN Des Moines. Quick stat on Odell Beckham Jr. Before I move on. Uh, 15 million bucks for his cap hit in 2023. In Detroit, the cap hit of Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jeff Williams, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, and Quintez Cephas is 14 million. So uh, the Lions are doing something right. Finally, now those guys will be more expensive in a couple of years. We all understand that. But it shows you the difference when you have young players versus trying to take a stab at an older veteran who has some game left. All right. So with this, this whole Odell Beckham situation, the big the big winner in all of this is the Green Bay Packers. And I, you're like Wicket, you're a homer. I get it. No, the big winner in all this is the Green Bay Packers because. All of a sudden, there were, you know, a Jets fan. You probably know a Jets fan in your life. And your Jets fan friend was like, dude, why are we wasting time with Aaron Rodgers? Let's just go get Lamar Jackson. Well, I know I'm right about the Lamar Jackson going back to the Ravens thing now that OBJ is going to be playing for Baltimore. So now, if you are the New York Jets and you are still in conversation with the Packers, and all reports are there's kind of been some radio silence between the two teams, which is fine. Like, I in there's no rush. The draft's not for two weeks. But if you are the Jets, and there was you, you have to know there was somebody within that organization underneath Joe Douglas or underneath Woody Johnson, somebody there had to still be holding on to the pipe dream of, hey, well, what if we actually went out and got Lamar Jackson instead of Aaron Rodgers, and we brought him in here to play for New York? That's out. That is out because if Lamar's gone, now the Jets are up the creek without the paddle, as they say. That deal is not going to happen. Lamar's not going to New York. But what does that mean for Green Bay? Because if the asking price for Green Bay was high and it was coming down because there was still this cloud of, well, maybe he could wind up with Baltimore, or I should say, maybe. Lamar could wind up with New York. What, what does that mean? Now that OBJ is going to go there and Lamar's going to go back. Well, it means that the Packers can just dig in now and say, you, did you still want this guy? Because he's still here. Our asking price is going to go back up. What's your other option? Zach Wilson? What's your option? Wait this out? You're not going to wait out the offseason hoping Aaron Rodgers and the team will click by the time you get to August. The Packers have all the leverage on the planet now, especially once Lamar Jackson goes back to Baltimore. And this OBJ news means Lamar Jackson is going to go back to Baltimore. I did, by the way, wonder earlier this morning, and I put it up on Twitter and you can follow me at Mike Wicket. I did sort of wonder the last few days, if Lamar doesn't want to be back in Baltimore, and he does now, but up until today, if Lamar doesn't want to be back in Baltimore, Why don't the Packers pick up the phone and call the Ravens and say, send us pick 22 and a fourth, and we'll send you Aaron Rodgers? It kills two birds with one stone. A, Aaron has always said he wants to play with Odell Beckham Jr. He said it last year. He said it the year before. He said it on McAfee's show. And maybe there's still a chance it could happen, but if you're the Ravens and you've got OBJ, and Aaron Rodgers would come in and instantly make your team a contender in that division. Why not make that phone call? I don't know what the Ravens cap situation is like. We know that number is massive. We know all the work the Jets have been doing to get themselves in the right cap situation to acquire Aaron Rodgers. And if I'm the Packers, and we talked about the uh, the rumor about the Niners and it was kind of a pipe dream. I don't think there was any legitimacy to it whatsoever. But if there's actual interest in the Ravens, and Aaron Rodgers, and you still have the Jets, if you're Brian Gutekinds, the GM of Green Bay, why aren't you at least making the phone call or sending a text to Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens, saying, you know, I I know that you're you're working on the Lamar Jackson deal, but I got this guy over here in Aaron Rodgers who wants to play with your new wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., instantly making you a division contender, an AFC contender, maybe a Super Bowl contender? Like, why wouldn't you even just make... And then if if the Ravens show interest, now you've got a bidding war going on. Whereas the, the offer from the Jets was probably going down. Why wouldn't you call somebody else to help drive the price up? And again, the fact that Rodgers has repeatedly said in the last three seasons that playing with Odell Beckham Jr. would be special or love to play with a guy like Odell Beckham. You know, whatever doesn't get him under the tampering violations or whatever. But that is something that I think Green Bay needs to look at. Absolutely needs to look at. Don't put all your eggs in the basket of the Jets if you want the picks before the draft. I got into a debate with a buddy of mine who does sports radio up in Milwaukee. Big Packers fan. He's a Packers owner. And I was like, Bart, you have to get this done before the draft. And he is under the assertion that the Packers do not need to get it done before the draft. If you're the Green Bay Packers, you need it done before the draft because the clock is ticking on the rebuild with Jordan Love, all right? You have two years to figure out if Jordan Love is the guy. And you have to get talent on the offense around Jordan Love. And we all love Christian Watson, and they think Romeo Dubs could be the real deal. Who knows? They got Aaron Jones. They got AJ Dillon. They have no tight end. Maybe a first-round tight end like the Dalton Kincaid kid from Utah. I'm a huge fan of Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end prospect. But if you if you need to get this deal done before the draft, if you're the Packers, all right, or you want to get this done before the draft, if you're the Green Bay Packers, and let's say that the deal is going to be two second rounders for Rodgers. Fine, you know what? Two second rounders becomes a first, and that's why the Packers have to get the deal done with these second-round picks before round one of the NFL draft, before it begins. So if you're trying to drive the price up from New York as opposed to letting them sit on a third and a conditional third next year and maybe if Rodgers retires, then you have to give it back. Whatever, man. Get teams into a bidding war. Why wouldn't you want to get teams into a bidding war? Why wouldn't you want to say, hey, Baltimore, uh, if you shoot us pick 22 at a fourth, Aaron's yours. You can have Aaron Rodgers. You can pair him with Mark Andrews. You can pair him with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. And your nine-headed monster. You have it running back that never can stay healthy. And that defense that should be Super Bowl caliber. But oftentimes you're like, wait, they're supposed to be the Ravens. They're supposed to be really good on defense. And then they're not. But they should be better. Make that phone call, man. I don't know why they're not making that phone call. Or maybe they are. And we just don't hear about it. So a strange thing happened with the Packers and the Jets, right? Now, if you remember, Aaron Rodgers came out of the darkness and then Jets owner Woody Johnson flew Air Woody out to Malibu to go meet with Rodgers, and they sat and talked for 11 hours. And you would think that in an 11-hour conversation of getting to know the guy that you might be giving up a first-round pick and paying $60 million for, you might think that, the idea of retirement would come up and there would be some honest conversation about a 40-year-old quarterback and the New York Jets and whether or not he wants to play for one year or two years or whatever, right? Like That would be a pretty simple conversation, I would think. Apparently, Woody Johnson, according to Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports, is getting cold feet based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee going into... The fact that Woody Johnson learned this is amazing. Rodgers told McAfee, as you probably have heard by now, he was 90% retired going into the darkness. And 10% he was going to come back. Now, I don't necessarily believe him. I have told you from the very start. There was no doubt in my mind Rodgers was going to play again in 2023, whether it was for Green Bay, New York, or somebody else He's not going to be second fiddle to Brady going into the Hall of Fame. That's not going to be a thing, all right? And I've also said, wait a minute. You're telling me you were 90%? 90% is pretty good. Like, Kira, if you're going to do something, you're 90% committed to doing something. There's a good shot. You're doing it, right?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much going to do it unless I get sick.
2: Hit by a bus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. An act of God. Exactly. I get sucked up by a tornado on the way to the store. I was going to go to Hy-Vee, but... you know. (laughs) But like 90% is pretty much in. So he was 90% retired. And then he went to the the little cafe out of the darkness where there was one bar of internet. And he looked at that one bar of internet and tweets came out that Green Bay wanted to ship him somewhere. And he's like, "Mm, flip, chip on the shoulder, time to flip. No, I don't believe that. But apparently that conversation that Aaron Rodgers had with Pat McAfee about being 90% retired has all of a sudden given Woody Johnson cold feet on a deal. There was an established trade, according to Yahoo Sports, Charles Charles Robinson, that in terms of value, it would have been a 2023 third round pick. So a third round pick this year. And then next year's first round pick from the Jets to go to Green Bay. But then the 90% comment was made on the Pat McAfee show. And Aaron Rodgers may have jeopardized his own trade to the team that he wants to go to by saying, I'm 90% retired. What? Talk about your all-time backfire. I mean,
0: (laughs) if you think of it like a job interview, if I were to tell the person
2: interviewing Mm
0: -hmm. me, I'm 90% going to go to this other guy.
2: Yeah, right? (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) then why am I having the... But, But that goes back to... In between coming out of the darkness and making the comment, the owner of the Jets flew to Aaron's house in California, (laughs) and they talked for half a day. About what? What do they talk about? Aaron's dating history? (laughs) What do they talk about? The the glory days and, you know, the transition between he and Barve? What do they talk about? Stock tips? Crypto? Like, what do they? That. Crypto? You think 90-year-old Woody Johnson? And Aaron Rodgers are talking crypto.
0: Here's how I think the conversation went. Aaron Rodgers talked for 11 hours. (laughs) And the other guy just like smiled and nodded, Mm -hmm. knowing all he had to do was cut a check at the end of the day. And
2: after 11 hours of Rodgers talking, they got up, put his coat on. He's like, hey, by the way, we good? Oh, yeah, we're good. We didn't talk about retirement in 11 hours? I've talked about Aaron Rodgers retiring for 11 hours. And the owner of the Jets didn't do that? Are you kidding? And my thanks to uh, Mark Van Sickle for joining us from ArrowheadReport.com. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. My name is Mike Wickett. This has been Wickett's World. Loot again next week. If you missed anything, Moines.com. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the crazy weather, Des Moines.